All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Amen. Get yourselves comfortable. Don't fall asleep. I know you're emotionally exhausted already. So I'm going to ask you to hang in there with me for a little bit. I stayed up many nights hearing and preparing for you. I, I need you to stay up for me these next three hours just to kind of, um, amen? Amen. All right. I like to start with a quote sometimes. Here's, I'm, I'm, I'm actually starting with the same quote I used two weeks ago, and you'll understand in a minute. We're in our supernatural series, making the supernatural supernatural. Amen? No? Okay. So, Father, we just thank you for your, we thank you that your word is already blessed. Your word already goes forth. Your word already, already has in it everything that it needs to do what it, it, it needs to do. Your word is all-knowing, all-powerful, ever alive, Lord God. And we just pray right now that it would find good soil in Jesus' name. Amen. Good soil. Tell somebody, I want to be good soil. Amen. Here's the quote. The purpose, bless you. All right. We good? We good? The purpose of a spirit-filled life. The purpose of the spirit-filled life is to demonstrate the supernatural power of a living God so that <clears throat> the unsaved multitudes will abandon their dead gods and call upon the name of the Lord and be delivered. Amen? We live in a land of idols and dead gods. Is that true? Just Friday morning, I was walking to the train station, and as I was walking down the, the platform, this lady's walking towards me in the other direction. I'm trying to get to the front. She's trying to get to the back. That's probably something spiritual and symbolic right there anyway. Um, she's coming, and she's totally dressed in white. How many of you understand? White, 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 white white, everything white. And around her neck, she has the, 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 the beads, the, the colored beads representing all of the head saints and, and her spiritual guides. And, and she has the multicolored beads representing the, 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 the spiritual guides of the, of the African culture and of the, of the, um, the Indian culture. And, and she has, I, I know what they are and I know what they represent because I came from that. And as I, I looked at her, she looked down. And, and as I passed her, I prayed. Not for me, but for her. Because there was bondage all over her. Because I have the freedom to wear whatever I want to wear. Because I have the freedom to not be yoked uh, around my neck with, with 30 beads that each, each, this protects me from this, and this protects me from this, and this one will guide me, and this one will talk to me, and this one will whisper to me, and this one will tuck me in at night, and this one will protect me from this, and this one will protect me. I don't need that, amen? I'm free in Christ. 
and, and the bondage as I passed or I played because I, 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 I had those. I was baptized into that. I, I know the bondage. I once was blind, but now I, I see. Amen? And so the question that I want to reflect on this morning is how do you live supernaturally in a land and among a people that are oppressed, obsessed, and impressed with idols and dead gods? How do we live in a land that, that this is what's accepted, that this is what's celebrated, that this is what's um, um, embraced? How do we live supernaturally? How do we walk in the power of God in a land that's impressed by idols and dead gods. We can see from history and from the scriptures when you look through the Old Testament, God's people have always wrestled with being in the world but not of it. God's people have always wrestled with that. And whenever they, they, they encountered other cultures and, and, or had to live in other nations because of their own disobedience or because of what God was doing in them, when, wherever they encountered another culture, they would look at the culture and, and say, oh, and, and, and they would see the gods that this culture represented. And they would say, oh, you, you worship turtles. Okay. Oh, that cow is your god. All right, that's cool. You know, and at first it seems ridiculous, but after a while, living among the people, living among them and, and, and eating and being and, 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 and making life among them, the influence of that culture starts to impact. How many, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And little by little, we start wearing t-shirts with turtles on it. Save the turtle. And, and we start... Let the, let the those that, whose eyes are open, let them understand. And we, and we start to, to, to wear t-shirts. We start to, to, to wear t-shirts with the cow. I'm like, no, no, I don't worship the cow. It's just a t-shirt. And little by little, we embrace, right? We, we see God's people. We embrace the culture. And we see time and time again in the scriptures how when the people of God lived among other nations, they allowed them, those around them, to influence them. And so as we continue our series on the supernatural, I want to talk today about being under the influence. Being under the influence. You've heard that phrase before, no te hagan. Tiger Woods just made news the other day. DUI. Driving under the influence. See, that law was put into place because obviously, because when you're intoxicated, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, your driving reflects that you are under the influence of something. Come on, follow me. You're, you're making erratic turns. You're, you're taking a lot longer to make decisions. You're driving too fast. You're driving too slow. You can't stay in your lane. You can't stay focused. You're drifting. You're making bad choices, bad, slow decisions. All of those indicators indicate to that, that you are under the influence. Amen? The, the supernatural life can be summed up in this. The most meaningful, influential, impactful life that we can live is a life under the influence of the Spirit of God. Y'all don't feel like shouting? You're done shouting already? That's what it is? 
The, the most impactful life that we can live is living a life under the influence of the Spirit of God. But, but you can have the Spirit of God in you and with you always because He promised He'll never leave you or forsake you. If you're a believer in the Spirit of God, you've been sealed with the Spirit of God. Amen? But you can have Him with you always and still not heed its influence because you're under the influence of something else. Can I, can I talk to God's people this morning? Sadly, too often, we're not walking around victorious. We're not walking around from glory to glory to glory. We're not walking around like more than conquerors. We're not, we have all the t-shirts, but, but we're not walking around like we're the salt and light of the earth. We're not walking around looking like sons and daughters of the Most High God. Because we're living under the wrong influence. Some of, us, some of us are living under the influence of a group of people you're hanging out with. Go ahead, hit your kid if he's with you. Told you. Told you that dude was no good. Some of you are under the influence of that boyfriend you shacked up with. Some of you are under the influence of that girlfriend you made yourself one with. Some of you are under the influence of that one person that you know you got no business hanging out with because they stay getting you in trouble. How many of you know what I'm talking about? <coughs> Some of us are under the influence of something that happened to you. Something that you went through and you haven't allowed yourself to move past and you're still under that influence. I, I came to tell somebody today it's time to step out from under that. Amen. Maybe you did it already during worship. I think some of you did that already. You stepped out from us. You said, I'm tired. I'm not going to stay here when, when, when God's moving. I got to be where God's moving. And you stepped out. You said, I got to get out from under this influence. My, this influence is telling me I better sit down. This influence is telling me I don't want to worship anymore. I wish they stopped singing. This influence is telling me I wish he didn't, they didn't call nobody. I wish I'm not fair. I got to get up. I got to get past and get out from under this influence. Amen. Some of us are under the influence of stuff that happened at another church. I'm telling you, I'm, whatever happened, I'm sorry. But for you, we got to move on. Amen? For you, we got to move on. For you, we got to get past and get out from under. Some of us are just under the influence of all the nonsense you allowed to be pumped into your headphones. Some of us are under the influence of all the stupidity that we watch on TV. You think the housewives of Atlanta, this and this and this, that that's normal. That's good life. You want to live like the little people of this one and this one and that one. Nothing but drama, drama, drama. They can't get together one time without drama and we love it. <clears throat> some of us are under the influence of some celebrity that's faker than a $4 bill all around. But we want to be just like that person. 
See, we have to identify the patterns of this world. How do we, how do we live here and not be affected by all that? How do we live in this culture that loves these idols and dead gods and, and won't walk in the power of the Spirit of God and be under His influence? The way is we have to identify the patterns of this world. You following me? The word says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. That's Romans 12. You know how many times we, we're praying these prayers with people at the front. People that I want to know God's will. I want to be where God has for me. I, I want to be with the person that God has for me. I, I, want, I want who God has. I, I want to know what God wants me to do. I want to be in his will. Refer to the previous verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then... Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? See, that's not, listen, that's not for a pastor to tell you. That's not for somebody in the front that's praying for you, that doesn't know you. But, but we want that. We just want to walk up to somebody, somebody smack us in the forehead, and say, God said be a plumber. Now, better. And then, that's it. I got to, that's it. I know exactly what God wants me to do. I'm going to go be a plumber. We want that. We want to be told. But, 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 but God says, I want you to fight for this, man. If you want this, wrestle me for it. If you want this blessing, if you want to know me, draw close to me. Get under my influence. Let me lead you. It's not for, listen, it's not for me to tell you. I go down the line, plumber, electrician, plumber, a lawyer, doctor, nurse, plumber, electrician. No, come on. What if I'm wrong? What if like in, in, in emotion, you know, because we're human, what if in emotion I'm praying and I, and, I, and I pray for you and I say, man, I think God really wants you to be an electrician. And you leave. And you think for the rest of your life, but you are the worst with hands. You're the worst with your, with your you have no coordination. And you, you're going to go and kill yourself trying to be an electrician. Because the pastor told you to be an, you, you understand what I'm saying? That's silly, but, but, you, but, but, it's, but it's, it's silly, but it's not because that happens. We need to identify the patterns and then, and, then, and then renew our minds, amen, and get under that influence. God wants you to have that. God wants you to, 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 to live that way. Somebody say amen. The thing is, it's difficult to discern God's will and His pleasing and, and, and approve His will when we're under other influences. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Romans 8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. I never noticed that last well, isn't it interesting the word to throw that in at the end of this is, of course, living in the spirit is life, is eternity, is life eternal with God. We know the promise. That's the gospel. But he, the scriptures add here, it, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. Sometimes that's a great indicator of being under the influence of the spirit of God. There's a peace. How many of you understand that peace? 
You know, we hear, we hear uh, people say it all the time. You know what? I'm, I'm, I was going to buy that house, but I, I didn't have a piece about it. Right? I was going to buy that car. I was going to, you know, um, start a relationship with this person. But you know what? God kept, and, and I didn't have a piece about that thing. Or, or to the flip side, you say, you know, man, I have a piece about this decision. And, and, and God, uh, the, the Spirit of God, when we understand, when we're under His influence, there's a peace that comes from that. Amen? Sometimes that's a great indicator. But um, don't let yourself go by that because sometimes we just get comfortable with our sin. And we are at peace with everything. Amen. You know. No, I promise he's going to leave his wife for me. And I feel total peace about that. No, you've just convinced yourself. Amen. So and anyway. God will never give you peace about something that's not in the word. Can, can we... Can we, can we settle it there? God, I've had people come to me, oh, the Lord told me in a dream that I should. I said, stop. That's a lie. Well, how you know? You, and now all of a sudden, I'm no good. First, he wanted my approval, but now when I disagree with him, I'm no good. Why? Because what he's telling you to do is not what this word says. God will never give you a private word that goes against his word. Amen? That's how religions get started and cults. Somebody got a private Revelation from an angel. Somebody got a Islam. Uh, all these religions, one per, Mormon, all these uh, 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 Jehovah Witness, one person. God revealed himself to one person. Christianity, public. Jesus revealed himself to everybody. Everybody saw him. Everybody walked with him. Everybody heard about him. Everybody watched him. Everybody heard him. Everybody watched him die. Everybody, over, over 300 people watched him after he came back. Public. Do you see the difference? Everybody else said, I got a private, private uh, uh, thing from God. Um, come follow me. And we follow. S- stick in the word, amen? Let's stay under the influence. Now, listen, I didn't come to beat you up today. I came to state the obvious. The struggle is real. Somebody tell, tell somebody the struggle's real, man. We, we try. The struggle is real, right? <coughs> if Paul says it's a struggle between the flesh and the spirit back then, imagine with the internet today. I don't want you to, to, to understand, to hear this and feel like ashamed or condemned. My, my heart and my role is to help you see things, to help you navigate, to get to where you want to be. Amen? To get to who you want to be. My role, actually, what the Word calls me to do is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. See, churches got this backwards all the time. They think all the, the, the pastor has to do the work of the ministry. Pastor's job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Ephesians 2.10, we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in. I can tell you right now, there's some stuff that's not being done that was prepared for you to walk in. Hallelujah. For you to be able to actually do what God called you to do, we're going to have to do more than just come to church. Hold on, awfully quiet this morning. They weren't quiet a minute ago. We're going to have to do more than just, listen, coming to church is great. Some people can't even get that part down. Everything else is more important. People tell me all the time, oh, man, pastor, you know, I love to come. I love your church. I love it. But Sunday's my only day off, bro. 
I tell him, well, maybe if you put God first where he belongs, then maybe you'd have the peace that you've been working so hard to find everywhere else. If church is just an afterthought that you try to fit in, then you're just coming to church. You're not being the church anyway, so it doesn't matter. You're going to be ineffective, guaranteed. The church is about all these pieces coming together to form one body of which Christ is the head. Amen? Romans 12, it says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we Though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I'm a member of you. Amen? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. That's a beautiful picture of what the church is called to do. We each have a piece of it. Amen. We each have a role to play. We're members of one another. And I mean members, not like, not like your membership in Planet Fitness where you're a member but you don't go. In this membership, you, 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 you show up, man. You find your fit. You renew your mind. You come under the influence of the Spirit of God and you find the peace and you grow as you abide in Christ, the head of the body. And then you bear fruit and you receive gifts and you learn how to use those gifts. And it's, and it's not always easy because, listen, just like a regular body, sometimes your back hurts. We're all part of the body. Sometimes you got a bad knee. And so that puts strain on the rest of the body. But when one part hurts, we all hurt. You you understand? When one part is lacking, we all help. We all chip. That's the body. Amen? Do do you get that? It's it's just a beautiful picture the scripture gives us of the church. As a matter of fact, today is the day of Pentecost. In in, in 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 the calendars, today is the birthday of the church. Say happy birthday. Pentecost means 50, so uh, it means we celebrate Pentecost 50 days or seven weeks after Easter. And so what happened on this day to start the church is key to, to living under the influence, living a supernatural life. Let me share that with you real quick. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to do an entire teaching on tongues because I really want us to. And I've been been doing a lot of research and studying on that. And just asking God to, to kind of lead me how to do that, but that's another time. So Jesus told them before he was taken up, he said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. How many of you understand, if, it, if they received power when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it stands to reason that you and I receive power. Amen? 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. If they receive power, we receive power. This wasn't just the apostles. There were 120 gathered in the upper room. They, they were waiting and praying, and it says that they were all together in one place, in one accord. Not in a Honda, because you can't fit 120 people in a Honda. They were in one accord of mind. They were in one accord of spirit. They were together. How I many you know we can be together on something, right? We all agree to vote for somebody or whatever. And we could all be in one place, right? We could all meet at the movies someplace. But to be together and in one place, it means that nobody there didn't care. Nobody there was there because they were forced. Nobody there wasn't waiting. Nobody there wasn't praying. Nobody there wasn't expecting. When the body of Christ comes together on something and they gather in one place on something, you can expect to get under this influence of the Spirit of God, and you can expect miracles to happen. You can expect things to change. You can expect bondages to break. When we come together and in one place, the problem is the body's been so divided for so long. So many of us are here because we were hurt some other church. The body's been so divided. I, I wish we can just get past all the drama. Save the drama for the housewives of Atlanta. I wish we could just get past all the drama <coughs> and understand what we're called to do and be one, one body, amen? The first supernatural thing that happened is so big on so many levels, and, and this, I'm going to finish with this. I just really want you to... They began to speak in other tongues, and, and, and that's totally weird, and if you're new, if you're not from a Pentecostal background, that's a weird thing to you when people start speaking in tongues. You're like, oh, man. The scary part about that is that if you were in the occult, that happens in the occult as well. And so if you have that kind of background and you see it in church, you, you have these reservations. And it, it feels awkward to you. It feels weird. But let, listen, let, let, let's look at the full picture of what happened here because what, that experience is not what happened here. It says here that there were people, it was a feast for the Jews and so there were people from all different parts of the country. They had different dialects and different languages. And so when the apostles, uh, so they all drew this large crowd when, when this happened, the thunder, the wind, the, 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 all these people pouring out of a building and just speaking in other tongues, it drew all this attention. And it, it says that people that were there started hearing the apostles and the people that came from the upper room filled with the Spirit of God, they started to hear them speak in their language. In their dialect. So they weren't mumbling. They weren't, it wasn't gibberish. They were speaking the, the, the power and truth and love of God. And people were hearing it in their own languages. We, we know that's true because it says there in the text, aren't all these people speaking Galileans? What does he mean by that? He said, these guys are Galileans. They're, all, they're unschooled, uneducated. They know one language, one dialect. How come I'm hearing them speak Spain Spanish and Mexican Spanish and Dominican Spanish. I'm hearing them speak Chinese and I'm hearing them speak all these different, you know, you know there was Dominicans there and they're, oh, 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 you know. And so how, how is it that these Galileans are speaking our dialect? Imagine, right? Like if I just started speaking in tongues and you started hearing me in your own dialect. And so on, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit empowered believers to praise God in languages they had not learned. Symbolically, that, that miracle reinforces that the church is to be multilingual, multicultural, multiracial. That's the mission of God. That we would be multilingual, multiracial, multicultural. This is not for one people. Amen? 
But yet we have churches that all, oh, everybody in the one church looks exactly the same. They're all the same shade of whatever. That's not church. Amen? I just read about an Indian missionary who was on a, a, a missionary trip to Peru. And, and he's in Peru with a, you know, and he's, and he's preaching and people are getting saved. And he had this, this feeling to, to, to pray with this little boy. And so he, he steps down and he goes and he starts praying with this little boy. And, and, the, and, the, and the boy starts crying and he starts speaking in tongues. He just, he's overwhelmed by the Spirit of God under the influence. He starts speaking in tongues and, and the little boy starts breaking down and he accepts the Lord and he just has a, a, an awesome encounter with God. And when, when the little boy opens his eyes, the, the, the preacher had already went back. And so he's trying to follow him. He wanted to go talk to him. He couldn't get to him. So he gets to the guy that was next to him all the time. And he says, and he just wanted to know, how did this man from India learn to speak the Spanish of my people? How, how does he speak so perfect Spanish? And the, interpreter, the, the guy says, what are you talking about? I've been following him on this whole trip. I'm his, I'm his interpreter. He doesn't speak Spanish. But the boy heard everything in his, in his native dialect in, in Peru. Amen? See, when we're under the influence of God, nothing. That's what, the word, that's what the word means when it says nothing will be impossible for you. We claim that scripture out of context all the time. We, that means we could do stupid things. No. That means you could do the things that God equipped you to do. The stuff that he prepared in advance for you to walk in. It means that you're a, a man from India could go to Peru and speak Peruvian Spanish, which is beautiful and very hard to speak. Amen? Even us, like, you know, I'm Cuban. I don't, Spanish is the worst. Under the influence, he was able to pray. And man, so many times uh, you, you've, you've, you've experienced it here. You're praying for somebody and God will give you a picture or a story to share or a testimony to, to, to give. Because it's something that that person is going through that you have no clue, that you don't know anything about. You've never met this person. But God is showing you how to connect with this person. See, the, the purpose of a spirit-filled life, again, is to demonstrate the supernatural power of a living God so that the unsaved multitudes will abandon their dead gods and call upon the name of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Thank you. Let me tell you what being under the influence is not. Because this is probably something we don't talk about too much in church. The Holy Spirit will not take over you and possess you. In a way like you don't know what you're doing and you're not in control. See, the enemy mimics everything that, that, and perverts everything that God, that God does. Before I was sealed with the Spirit of God, I was messing in the occult, and I, I've seen demonic spirits throw people across the room. I've seen demonic spirits contort people's bodies, like, and, and, and I've seen this stuff. And when I came to church, I said, God, you gotta, I got to know. I got to know and be able, and so God has given me gifts to discern things. Sometimes I see somebody worshiping here and crying in tongues and I stop them because I know God has given me a discernment and said, that's not God right there, right? And, and we have to shut it down because the enemy perverts and, and, and distorts everything, right? Now, um, um, there's practices that, we, that we're a part of. Sometimes somebody will pray for you and you feel, you'll feel weak and you'll pass out. 
Sometimes you're just under the influence of God. You know, people will hit the floor. I'm, and listen, I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm not saying that, that um, I accept that people will pray for people and people will fall out. I personally believe that the Spirit of God would rather lift you up than knock you down. Again, I'm not discounting that. But I personally believe more often. You know why? Because too many times people get off the floor and they're the same people. So what's the point? Why would God do that? Why would God? See, it would be arrogant for me if I went like this and I knocked all of you down. Because what does that do? People will look at me and say, wow, that man's a powerful, anointed man of God. But those people will get back up and be the same sin-sick Hurt, broken people that they were when they hit the floor. Only now they might have like a chichon or something. Because that's a cement floor. That's hard. If you fall, it better be God. God will protect you. Amen? Worship team, you guys can come up. Let me just uh, finish here on some things. So, so some people heard them speaking in their other languages, in their own languages, and some people mocked and said, these guys are drunk. They said, eh, so tamborracho. They heard him speaking in, in, this, in these tongues and they said, oh, um, isn't it funny that we can be at the same place at the same time and have a different experience? Some people could walk away, oh man, that message was fire. And some people, man, I don't know what the heck he was talking about. That worship, oh, that worship was so powerful. Oh, I hate those songs. We're in the same place. Have the same experience, have a totally different experience in the same place. Amen? (coughs) Peter got up and he said, they're not drunk as you suppose. This is what the prophet Joel spoke about. And listen to this because this is, he says, in the last days it shall be, God declares. So this is Peter quoting Old Testament book of Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. But what God is saying is that there's not going to be a class. There's not going to be a, a, a certain amount of people that get better. God is saying, I'm going to pour it out on everybody. The people that you see as high and the people that you see as servants. Even on them, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy 19 and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Acts 2 was the start of the last days That should be sobering, exciting, and terrifying. Acts 2 was the start of the last, how long ago did this happen? Acts 2 was the start of the last days. There's a bright part of that prophecy and there's a dark part of that prophecy. And we're starting to see it all today, aren't we? The famines and the earthquakes and the the unexplained... um, disasters that are happening and then the move of God where the proper all the flesh the the power of the spirit is falling on all flesh somebody say amen 
So Peter preached his first sermon and people were cut to the heart and they said, well, what can we do? What must we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And 3,000 people were saved that day. And the church was born. The day of Pentecost. And the word says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Church, fam, when, when was the last time you broke bread with somebody in here? You understand it's more than church? It says and they met at the temple and then they met at their homes and they met at the temple and they met at their homes and they broke bread at the temple and they broke bread at their homes. Family, if we're going to be a church, there's got to be more picnics. Amen? I'm like talking Chinese. Is somebody understanding me? You're looking at me. There has to be, you understand, there has to be that, that fellowship. Otherwise, then, then I mean, would you, you know, go to that 10,000-member that church where you don't have to know anybody, nobody knows you, and you don't have to know nothing. You just punch in. You go, oh, I went to church. I, I went to church. I can't. I, no, that's not church. Amen? We're not called to go to church. We're called to be church. The power of the Spirit isn't isn't given to us so that we can live personally. It's given to us so that we can live in community. The Spirit of God that that sealed us, God didn't give us His Spirit to make us happy. He gave it to us to make us holy. And the Holy Spirit of God gave to them on that first Pentecost. I I want you to kind of bring it to today. Their ability to speak like that and for people to hear it in different languages. What is God saying? God says when you're sealed with the Spirit of God, when you believe on God and the Holy Spirit is in you, you're able to communicate His goodness to anybody. God has given us the power of communication. So what I want you to do this week, I'm, I'm... my challenge to you this week is to identify the influences in your life and practice being under the influence of the Spirit of God. Let me make that clear. Don't play with my words. See, so many people talk about revival is coming, revival, revival. Revival just means it, it, it's about bringing the church back to life again. It's about bringing the church back to where it was, restoring it, to revive, to come back alive. Revival, if we need revival, it's saying that the church is dead. And so we just need to be restored. Can we just, can we just stand? So I challenge you this week to step out of your comfort zone. Step out of that um, private Christianity and see how the Spirit of God will allow you to communicate the love of God to people you didn't think you could talk to. That's the the premise of, of the book of Acts. God will give you the ability to communicate with people you didn't think you could talk to. Amen? Bosses, leaders, doctors, lawyers, presidents. God will give you, give us the 
the ability to communicate to people we never thought we would talk to. Father, let's pray real quick and then we'll just worship as we close. Father, we just, we thank you, Lord. Father, even now we repent of being under other influences. I don't usually do this, but I think um, some of us need to come out from under that influence. Maybe you didn't do it before during, during worship. Maybe God is calling you to do it now. I don't know. Maybe there's some things that you've been, you know you're under the influence of something else. And you know that God's been speaking to your heart, and you know that God's been pressing on you to do certain things to be a certain way. And, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's... Maybe there's some of that left. And we need to say, God, I'm, I'm, I want to remove all that covering over my life. I want to remove that history over my life. I need to step out from under something that's influencing me. If that's you, just come join us as we, as we worship. Amen? Worship is a great place to loose the shackles. Worship is a great place to just lose that stuff and just to get out from under that stuff. Amen? Come on, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's worship. Yes. Amen. 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 Amen.
break every chain, 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 every chain, every chain, every chain has to be broken, Lord. When you show up, Lord, break every chain, every chain, oh God, break every chain. Come on, God is saying, you are loosed this morning. <laughs> Church, you are loosed. Break every chain. Break every chain, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We love you. We cry out to you, oh God. Father, there's nothing too small, Father, that you won't give attention to, that you won't turn your ear to it, oh God. And we come before you, Lord not as individuals only, but as a body, oh God, a church of people that you have brought together, Lord, and our desires, Father, is to be able to move and flow and live freely as you have called us, oh God. Father, because if we are free, then we can help others get free, oh God. So, Father, today the chains are loosed, oh God. We walk in our victory this morning under the influence of the Holy Spirit and not under the influence of all the craziness in this world and the things that would try and influence, oh God. But, Lord, we live under your banner, oh God. We are controlled by you. You are our general, our God, our one and only lover of our soul. You reign supreme in us, oh God. With you for us, we can do anything, oh Lord. Nothing is impossible for you, oh God. If you set us free, then we are free indeed, oh God. We are free indeed, oh God. That's who you are. You are son and daughter of the Most High God. You are unstoppable uncontainable <laughs> you are simply awesome <laughs> because he is awesome I want you guys to know that you're blessed and go be a blessing have a wonderful week God bless you my brother bless somebody on the way out